Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. And so today is going to be not so much a sermon, but really an exhortation. And Mike's word kind of fits right into it. So... I'll pause a lot today, but it's not really for dramatic effect. It's just because I'm really trying to listen to the Holy Spirit to get this this exhortation out and this part prophecy, part exhortation, part sermon out. I'm trying to really listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I might pause a lot more than I usually do. But I had this one thought that... That God gave me, and it was this thought. As we talk about followers, discipleship in the wild, we talk, discipleship requires total dependence on the one who has set us free. Discipleship requires total dependence on the one who has set us free. And we know that that freedom isn't to do what we want, when we want, and how we want. That freedom is to live according to the will and the purposes of our Father. But in order to be really free, we have to be totally dependent on Him to be free. Because the freedom that is apart from Him isn't really freedom. It's captivity. It's bondage. It's, it's a way of life that leads to destruction. Mentally, physically, relationally, spiritually. So we don't declare our independence, we declare our dependence on God, who sets us free, who gives us liberty, who, who, it is more than a freedom from something, although we get set free from sin and we get set free from captivity, but it's really a freedom to become someone, to become everything that we might have ever hoped to be in our lives. But it's really everything that God wants us to be, that God designed us to be. He sets us free so that we can be free to become who we are in Christ. And I find that's just a beautiful thing. And a wonderful challenge to, to dwell upon and to think about and to pray about and to discern and listen to what Father says to his word about this. That this dependence on him is really liberty and freedom. And I think to live free is to understand how Jesus lived. In all his dealings with humanity, Jesus never let success or opposition define him. He never let his success on this planet, the healings, the miracles, the the crowds that used to, you know, at the beginning followed him. He never let that define who he was. And he never let the opposition define him either. What the religious leaders said about him. What his own family at times said about him. What his own village said about him. He never let any opposition from the enemy, from disease. He he didn't let any of that define who he was. Because he knew who he was. He knew who he was. And because he knew who he was, he was able to walk through humanity, touching humanity with who he was, and set people free. 
That's disciples living in the wild. Knowing who we are, hidden in Christ, redeemed by Christ, set free by Christ, in order to go into the wild and touch people with the good news, the gospel, and what Jesus has done in us. See, that's freedom. That's freedom that God wants us to continuously experience, and He calls us to freedom. Uh, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, what? Liberty. Liberty. Not confinement. Liberty. Freedom. Absolute freedom. To become everything that he knows we can be. And so that we could go around this world and be the, be the voice, be the message that he wants to speak to someone that makes them decide, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. This is the way we make disciples. By living our lives among other people's lives. That's what Jesus did. He moved around different circles, religious circles, you know, people who were in poverty, and everybody else in between. And he touched their lives with who he was. And, who, and, and living out the mission that God has given them. And that's what we're called to. And that... that absolutely needs deep devotion to this one who has set us free. And to understand that our freedom only comes from him. And the only it's, it's the weirdest concept of freedom that I think that the world just can't get, that our freedom depends on our surrender. Because if you talk about surrender in any movie or anything, you know, it means that, okay, you're surrendering to something so someone else can occupy you. Take over you. And in essence, that's true. God does occupy us. But to set us free. He does live inside of us so that the best version of Jay can exist on this planet. And move and talk and and live and breathe and touch people's lives. So that they they don't get touched by Jay. They get touched by Jesus. But I need to understand... Who this, who this great God and King is. I need to understand who my Messiah is. I need to understand who the Holy Spirit is more and more and more. Getting closer and closer so that, yes, I say a lot that we drip Jesus. That we flood people's lives with Jesus. That we're so saturated that we squeak as we walk. You ever gotten so wacky, you know, when your sneakers and your clothes, they all squeak when you walk. We want to be noticeable. We want to stand out. We got to show these people, the, the people that we that we intermingle with, that we work with, that we walk alongside of, that we come alongside of the gas pump or the grocery store or whatever situation, and they just notice the presence of God on us. They say, "Man, that person is free. I want some of that." I want some of that. That's the power of liberty. That's the power of freedom.
Jesus lived free because he remained true to who he was. Nothing changed his message. Nothing changed his purpose. Nothing changed his character or his identity. He remained true and he remained free because of it. And that's what he's calling us to. I was thinking about this. Meditating about this. And, and God took me to back to one of my old journals like 10 years ago. I was thinking the same things, these same thoughts. I was thinking about this level of freedom. And I started to write about it and I started to, to, to muse about it in, this, in my journal. And I said to God, man, I wish I was that free. Bodo in big letters. I wish I was that free. And I felt Father God say, and I feel like Father God is saying today even, well, you are already that free. He brought me to this scripture. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this is where I hear the Father say, Your first step is to believe that freedom is possible. That you can be free. Because you have already been set free. With me, all things are possible. Stop believing in your doubts or fears. Believe in me. Yes, you are free. Live that way. I went, The way that God was expressing that old word to me that wasn't really old because it's still fresh because his word is always ongoing. And the way that it was touching me and reviving me and challenging me this week was in this. You know, there are, there are times in my life, there are, there, are, there are seasons in my life, there are moments in my life when I really don't believe that I'm free. I know it. But I really don't believe that I'm free. The problem with that is when the moment that you start to believe that you're not free, guess the way you live. You live like a person who's in captivity. Because that's what you have chosen. It's tough. But Father was just reminding me, and I think reminding us this morning, that... that we have, if we have bent our knee to Jesus Christ, if He is our Messiah and King, then this word is absolutely true. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We're free people today. We are disciples that live in a very difficult, hard, challenging world. It's wild out there. And it's getting wilder and wilder as each day passes. I understand that. There are so many challenges to our faith out there. But there's one common thing in all humanity that is attractive to all humans on this planet. It is freedom. Everybody wants to be free. It's planted deep in every core, 
every atom of who we are as humanity. You can see it. You can see the struggle for freedom all across this planet. Freedom from, from disease, from, from poverty, from actual slavery, you know, and everything. People want to be free. We've been set free. We are free. We walk in incredible freedom. And there's more for us. I know this is a process. We are still being sanctified. We are still uh, being defined and refined by the Father's love. And thank God we are. But we're free. And God is saying, so live that way. Live like free people. Live like free sons and daughters that you are. Don't allow the world to dictate how you should think, feel, or be. Whatever world that is. There are so many things vying for our attention. There's so many things trying to get ownership of us. Some of them are really good things, too. This is why we have to know that we're free because someone owns us. That we are no longer our own. That we belong to a great God and King. A Messiah who has redeemed us. Set us free. Made us new creations. And has given us every liberty that we can ever dream about. And more. Not the freedom to go and do whatever we want, but the freedom to become someone that is powerful, mighty, strong, vibrant, and alive. We are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. That's a descriptor of a very powerful disciple, follower of Jesus Christ. That's a set free son and daughter of God who can realize that he that he is more than a conqueror that she is more than a conqueror and that whatever freedom that I have inside of me that's been deposited in me by this great God and King this great Messiah I get to share with other people it's the greatest story man because people are hungry for freedom see they've been set up for this message God has designed human beings to desire freedom And if we can live in such a way, if we can walk around our life, if we can talk and walk like Jesus did and exhibit freedom no matter what happens, no matter what hardship, disease, heartache comes in our lives, no matter what success comes into our life, if we can live free like Jesus did, people are going to notice. They can't help it. And then, all of a sudden, we go around thinking, well, I have to produce a platform in order to speak. No, you don't. You already have one, Jesus says. You have me. Freedom is so cool. The thing about freedom is, I don't have to worry about what my past says about me. I don't have to worry what the enemy says about me. I don't have to worry about what the world says about me. I don't have to worry what you say about me. 
neither do you. Because we're free. We're free. Disciples living in the wild are free people. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Free people are very dangerous people. Not dangerous to other people, but dangerous to the enemy. Because the enemy knows that free people will go wherever the Father says to go, will do whatever the Father says to to do, and say whatever the Father wants to say. That's freedom. See, Jesus did that. And he wasn't worried about the religious opposition, the enemy's opposition, sometimes his own disciples' opposition. Because he was free. He knew his purpose. He knew his identity. He knew why he was here on this planet. And, then, and we do too. We know why we're here. To be disciples in the wild. To be followers of this great God and King. And to walk in freedom. I walk out my freedom with all the flaws and all the difficulties and all the hardships. It doesn't mean I'm any less free. This is the reason I know the God who can work things out in the midst of every one of those things. You know, I've been blessed to have some real significant success in a speaking platform. I've been able to speak all over this country. It's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. I have a book. I have a radio program. You know, there are sometimes people hear my voice in the store and they go, are you the man up moment guy? If I let that go in a certain direction, it destroys all my freedom. The freedom that God has given me to do all those things. See, I can't let success define who I am. I can't be man up moment guy. I'm happy to have that platform. I'm, I'm thrilled that God is using my voice and I give him praise and glory for it. But if it all stops tomorrow, I'm still just as happy. Because I'm free. From that. I'm free from the, the entanglements, the hooks, the yoke of slavery that those things can bring in my life. I'm free. You're free. The last two and a half years have been the hell, but it has no hooks in me. Because God is using that, 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 this season of my life to speak of his redemption and his glory and his comfort and everything that God can, everything that God can do in a person who's walking through hardships. It's all out there to see. We, we show people how we can handle success and how we can handle challenges. Because we're free. And that's attractive to people. They're going to go, wait a minute. Why isn't any of this touching you or hooking on you or changing you? Oh, I've already been changed. (laughs) By the one who who is the only one that can change me. And he's made me a new creation. And that's what you're seeing. You're not seeing the the amount of self-control I have. You're seeing the, the spirit of the holy God coming inside of me and helping me make wise choices. And decisions that honor him. Because I'm free. You get that? Get this? Okay. That was all free, by the way. That's not even in here. 
<laughs> That's right. I got a very interesting quote for you. That first, when I say this quote, you might say, "All right, he's lost it." Irving Berlin said this: "There's no business like show business." I would sing it for you, but that wouldn't go well. There's no business like show business. Where are you going with this, Jay? Yeah. I made this uh, wonderful discovery about myself years ago. Uh, My wife knew this about me, and certainly my kids will tell you this, that I, believe it or not, I have a flair for the dramatic. No, it's hard to believe, right? That I do and say things that sometimes are very dramatic. I'm, you know, I, and I have, you know, there have been people in my family that say, Yeah, that's, Dad, you're being a little dramatic. And Christine used to say that to me all the time. Don't you think that's a little dramatic, Jay? That little look that she would give you. That's because, that's because I actually believe that I'm in show business. Then I've been in show business ever since I bent my knee to Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, you've been in show business too. I like to think that I am dramatic because my father is dramatic. Father God has a flair for the dramatic. Look around this room. Every one of your conversion stories, every part of your story of you finding Jesus, of Jesus speaking life into you, is a dramatic expression of love by Father God. God has a flair for the dramatic man. And each one of you are flare-ups. Beautiful flare-ups. Wonderful flare-ups. Of God saying, wow, wow, wow. Making your life different. Changing who you are from the inside out. Making you free. Again, becoming free is pretty dramatic. I remember walking out of the dark places that I lived in. I remember when the when a switch happened, and all of a sudden I wasn't seeing myself as that poor, abused little boy anymore, that I was a set-free son of God. I remember that moment. It was dramatic. Huge. So I'm just like God. I'm just like, I'm just like his son. I'm just trying to be dramatic like him. I have a flair for it. Because it reveals what God is doing in my heart. I am in show business, and so are you. It depends on what we're showing Titus 2, 7 through 8. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teachings, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing to evil, have nothing evil to say about us. 
The Greek here word for show means to show. It means to bring forth. It means to offer something. It means to bring close. And it means to be the author of something. We are showing what has happened to us by this great God and King. That's the kind of show business I'm talking about. That's the kind of demonstration that, that to show ourselves in all respects, every part of our life, to be a model of good works. Every good work that we do, every action that we do, every word that talks, that comes out of our mouth, should represent the dramatic change of who we are in Christ. So that our words are full of integrity. So that our actions are full of integrity. So that no one can question us. And even if they do question us, it has no hooks in us. Yeah, we're in show business. See, we're as to uh, what? Study to show ourselves approved. See, we've already been talking about it, you know. Peter and John, what? They knew they were with Jesus. Because there was something showing of their life, of their actions, of their words. That's show business. We're in show business. Disciples, followers in the wild, we're in show business. We just got to show what Jesus has done to us, for us. What he's still continuing to do in us, because we're still very much in process. And that's important. That's an important part of what we're showing people. We're not done yet. I'm not done yet. There's a lot of sanctification that still has to happen in my life. There's still a lot of understanding of what, how to walk in righteousness and, and, and humility and grace. That's all still being worked out in me. So I have been, and you have been, we've already been set free, but guess what? We're still learning about freedom as we walk through this life. And that's important to show the people that are living in the wild. Because it makes us what? Real. (laughs) Makes, they can touch us. Remember, that was one of the best things about that miracle with the cripple man. (laughs) They touched him. Then he was all over them. Back into community. Back to, we, we have to be touchable. And part of is making our story, and, you know, compelling. The dramatic part of it. Can I just tell you what God has done for me? I don't want, I'm not preaching at you. I just want to tell you, my life was this way. And now it's this way. And yeah, it's not perfect. And I'm not perfect. I'm still working out stuff. But I'm no longer there. Because I'm free. See, that's compelling to people to realize that, wow, you're still working on stuff? Yeah, I'm working on all kinds of stuff. And I've walked with Jesus for 60 years, almost 60 years now. I'm still working on stuff. God's still working on me. Because, you know what, I want to show Jesus, but I don't always look like Jesus. I just don't. I still need him to show me the, how to do this. How to live and how to love and how to be more his. We're in show business. And there's no business like show business. No business I know. Sorry. We need to invest in this. 
Because it's powerful stuff. Showing people the Father as He really is is powerful. I've seen it time and time and time again throughout the, the many different men's, uh, men's conferences I've been at. I can, I will be speaking about how, how to know Father God and how He wants to reveal His heart to us as Father. And all of a sudden I can see a light bulb go off in some man's eyes. Not because I said anything, but because the Holy Spirit revealed it to them. And that's a dramatic moment of freedom for that man. That's why I love show business. Jay, you know, when the McKinney's were on tour, <laughs> the band had opened for them a couple of times with both the flare-ups. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe I can get them to show up at the next Cafe Hero. Oh, you know, we always love to have them back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Where are we, what are we doing on time? Okay. Um, So go to Matthew 16, if you would. Matthew 16. I'm going, to, I'm going to take apart this small little story because I think there's a huge discipleship moment here. Matthew 16, uh, starting in verse 13. Now when Jesus had come to the parts of Caesarea Philippi, he said, questioning his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? Pause here for a minute. There's a huge backstory here. Caesarea Philippi, original name was uh, Pantheus. Pantheus. Named after the, one of the Greek gods, so that was like half goat, half man, that apparently he was very angry, or kind of a god or something. But anyways, that, that's what the town was originally named after. And then the Romans came and conquered it and renamed it as... That's what usually did happen. A conquering nation would come in and renamed it. So the name was, you know, but they named it after Emperor Caesar... And Philippi was the architect of the city. So, Caesarea Philippi. A little history lesson there. But it's important to notice that, you know, occupation forces get to rename you. It's important to keep that in mind. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of, uh, Greek gods and Roman gods, little, little places to worship all these multitude of false gods throughout this little town. It was known for that. So he asked these questions of his disciples. Who do men say the Son of Man is? In verse 14, the disciples answered to say, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And verse 15 is the big one. But who do you say I am? Who do other people say I am? That's important, but who do you say I am? The road to Calvary is on the horizon, and Jesus is asking his closest friends, I know what the other people are saying. I want to hear your heart. All those other voices are trying to define who I am. But 
But who do you guys say I am? Do you know me? Do you know me? And Peter, of course, you know, he thought, you know, again, I love, I love Peter. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. There are many voices in the wild trying to define who Jesus is. Some of them are very nice descriptions. He was a good man who did good things. It's a good story. I love the story of Jesus. It's a good story. He must have been a good guy to hang around with. He's a fairy tale, a myth. Made to keep people complacent, compliant. They were telling us some of the same stories then about the Messiah, as they do now, and worse ones now. Couldn't say that, you know. Again, my father used the word, the name of Jesus, as a curse word, and obviously we hear that all the time. And so in the midst of all this noise that is out there and all the distractions and all the wild things that are out there, I do believe that Jesus is always asking us, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am to other people? Because that's the next part. What does your life say? I have a certain level of notoriety. In most places I go, people would know about me. It's not a big one, but it's a certain level of it. And people have defined me as, man, that moment guy, uh, an expert on fathering. Uh, I get invited to speak on, uh, in many places because I'm an expert on something. And the easiest way to become an expert to tell everybody you're an expert. It's the easiest way. So I've been thinking a lot about my life the past couple years and last couple weeks as I get ready to go on sabbatical. And I wonder what 60 years of life on this, you know, 66 years, but 60 years of being his on this planet, you know, When people observe who I am, what kind of picture of Jesus do they see? And so when there's a, a misunderstanding of who Jesus is, and I speak to that moment, can, I, can my words, or can my actions seem like one message? So that people know that I'm speaking with integrity and sincerity. Even though I'm not perfect and I have flaws and I make mistakes, sometimes I sin. But the consistency of, of my words and my actions so intertwined that there is no doubt that my message is true. 
who do I say Jesus is to the people that observe my life? To hear my words on the radio, to hear my words in, in teachings that, that you know, are you know, on podcasts. Interviews on podcasts. Here. With you guys who know me the best. I always want to be able to answer that question like Peter did. And more. He is the Son of God. He is my Messiah. He is my King. He is my Redeemer. He is the one that set me free. So I'm able to talk about him. I couldn't talk about him unless he had already given me power to do so. I can't live like the way that honors him unless he gives me the power to do so. I can't do good works unless he gives me the power to do so. I want my life to scream out that I know Jesus. That's the kind of show business I'm talking about. That there's no doubt who I belong to. In the midst of success, in the midst of hardship. That there's no doubt who I belong to. I belong to the King of Kings. He's my Lord and Master and Savior and Messiah. Yes, He is my friend as well. And my life has been made so radically different because of His love and redemption and forgiveness... That's why I'm free. I want people to see that. Don't you want people to see that in you? And be drawn to it? Because they have questions about who Jesus is. They do. And we know the answer. We know who Jesus is. And the the really cool part of that is we're getting to know who Jesus is more and more. Every day. He reveals himself. Every day. His mercies are new every morning. So in a world that's wild with speculation of who Jesus really is. In a world that's trying to define Jesus in their own image. And they are. Followers must know their Messiah like never before. And let Jesus define himself. Like in his word. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. John six thirty five. In John eight twelve, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Man, there are so many people walking in darkness out there. And we know the light of the world. There are so many people that are hungry. We know the bread of life. John ten eleven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I love the way Jesus defines himself. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Whew. How many people are afraid of dying out there in this world? We know the answer because we know him. And the one that we've been centering on, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
Don't you want to walk in more freedom? Don't you want to be more free? Do you want to understand what that freedom is and looks like and feels like? Yeah, I know the obvious answer is yes. I understand that. I want that. So let's not be afraid when Father reveals areas of our life that are still under captivity. Like I said before, when a conquering nation came into a town, they changed the name of that town. The enemy always wants to rename us, redefine us, make us forget who we are. The world has so many different messages out there about identity and purpose. It's easy to get confused and and muddled up in our thinking about it all. We need to remember that we're already free. We've already been set free. And people who are already set free understand that there's still more freedom to come. So that's one of the, one of the greatest things about freedom. That I want more. Once I really start to understand it, once I really start to, to dwell on it and to, and to embrace my freedom, I want to be more free. I see areas. God reveals areas. And I go, oh, I don't want that anymore. Set me free from that. Do the work. Repent. Renounce. Receive. And, and, and just become more free. Because I'm telling you, followers in the wild become a whole lot more attractive. You're in show business. Each and every one of you. I'm in show business. We're going to, sh- every moment, let's think about this for a minute. Every moment, every place you are, alone, with other people, you are showing something. You just are. I just did. But here we get an opportunity to choose what we show other people. Because we're free. I don't have to, I don't, you know, well, you know if you know me by now, I don't care if anybody, I prefer that you laugh at me. I don't care if anyone laughs, laughs at me or makes fun of me. I don't, really don't care. So my uh, my personality is such that you know I prefer to be dramatic, to make a point, and most of my dramatic stuff is really on purpose. It's really intentional. It's not, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, but I'm trying to draw attention to the one who has set me free. And here's the thing. If you could just imagine the dramatic moment of your conversion moment. Of your when God revealed to you finally. Got through to you. Peeled back the curtains. Whatever metaphor you want to use. If you can just remember that moment the best that you can. 
And try to remember the, the immense freedom that you felt at that moment. I'm absolutely positive that that's the, that's the feeling that God wants us to have every day of our lives. As we walk in more and more freedom. Again, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He came to set captives free. So our words should speak liberty. Our actions should speak liberty. Everything about our lives should express to everyone around us that that person is a free person. I don't know why they're walking in so much freedom. I don't understand, but I'm going to find out. They might not like the answer. I understand that. Sometimes some people don't. Once you start to tell them about Jesus, they don't want anything about it. But what I found in, in my short journey on this planet is that most people come back for a double dip. They want to find out more. And you have the power because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you who is continuously setting you free.